and welcome to wherever you may be, part of the 90 Min Podcast Network. Over the next 20 minutes or so, we're going to be talking all things Chelsea. My name is Olivia Bazaglo, and joining me today is Charlie and Krish. Charlie, first Champions League semi-final since 2014. You must be still buzzing today. Yeah, I mean, that doesn't actually sound that long ago. Maybe I'm just getting old. But um, <laughs> no, we, we, uh, I think we overtook Man United as having the most appearances from an English club in the Champions League semi-finals, which is, which is great. Um, it extends our run of being in semi-finals of all cup competitions. And yeah, like, I, I was very impressed last night. We, we got the job done exactly as we needed to. I thought like the, the commentators were driving me mad. They were going on about how poor Porto were. It's like they didn't realise that we're a better side than them and we were just keeping our foot just above the gas the whole time. And uh, and yeah, very impressive and Champions League semi final, you can't you can't knock it. Very, very excited to see who to find out who we're gonna play as well. Now, Chris, was it a case of just yesterday getting the job done? Because like Charlie said, we di- we didn't really get out of second gear. Porto never really looked like they were gonna hurt us until that absolute worldie in the ninety third minute. We looked in full control of that tie yesterday, didn't we? Yeah, exactly. I think we'd sort of got most of the job done um, in the first leg. So it was always going to be a case of just sort of seeing it through. And I think we did that. It was always going to be, um, the onus was always going to be on them to kind of come at us and and try and score. I mean, I mean they did score, but earlier on than that, I think they <laughs> left it a bit, a bit too late. Um, but yeah, I mean, it wasn't like the best game. But um, as we say, I think it was always a matter of just, just seeing it through. Um, and I think we mentioned last week that these these games don't have to be the most memorable. Um, you just have to get through them. So I think, yeah, in that sense, it was a, a good night. And I, like, I don't want to keep bringing up Lampard because we all know how, especially us three on this pod, felt about Lampard and still feel about Lampard. Charlie, I'm just wondering, do you think that had Lampard still been in charge, we would have got past Atletico Madrid and got past Porto? Because they're two games that I think... They're not lucky you're playing a Bayern and a PSG. You're playing a Atletico Madrid and a Porto. Do you think Lampard would have got through those games, given he got us to the top of the Champions League group? That was the reason we then played these two teams. Yeah, and look, I, I think I think that Champions League group is is something that no one really remembered around that time. It's like I think it was our best performance in a Champions League group ever um, this mm. season. Um, look, obviously, I don't know that. I. I with the Lampard sacking, I, I I always felt I always felt when it when it started going wrong, I always felt like they would wait until after potentially going out against Atletico Madrid, and if we still weren't within reach of the top four and whatever, then I thought they may act and they they'd get a lot more not necessarily from Chelsea fans, but the you know the footballing public at large, they'd probably get a lot more kind of people in on their side if if they had waited mm. to do so. Um, my, I mean, look, Tuchel's done brilliantly um, and he's put us in this position where we have been so confident over both these ties. Uh, although I do I, I do feel like we were just going under a bad run. Um, mm. You know, we were always capable of finishing in the top four. We, we still might not, you know, that, we're still, we're not, we're not obviously certain of that. We're sitting in fifth currently. Um in terms of the Champions League, I, I, you know, it's impossible to say whether Lampard would or wouldn't have got past those teams. But I've, I, I, I have, I'm steadfast in my belief that things would have got better under him. Whether they mm. would have got better to the, to the same extent that we've seen, 
possibly not but then you know there's a whole load of other things that have happened like you know certain players come back into the team um uh, mm. a completely different system certain other young players not getting time um so it's a completely different set of circumstances and and what we learn from the Lampard sacking is 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 Chelsea's um if we didn't know it already, Roman Abramovich's and Chelsea's outlook, which is that you must be competing on all fronts. We were led to believe mm-hmm. that the culture of the club had changed and bringing three young players and all the rest of it. But as soon as as soon as that looked in jeopardy, the goalpost seems to have moved. And, and and that was kind of that's the thing that's the thing that still sticks in the craw for me about Lampard. That is obviously completely separate to uh, a brilliant job that Thomas Tuchel has done, and and particularly in getting through to the Champions League semi final with relative ease. I think, that yeah, Thomas Tuchel, having that experience behind him, he, of course, got to the, the final last season, albeit, you know, he lost to uh, Bayern Munich, but but he's got that experience behind him. And I think we've seen that, especially in those two performances against Porto, um, especially the one last night, just a little bit of um, experience, I think. That's a, in La- and Lampard has that. He knows how to play in those sorts of games. So you would think, you know, he knows how to be um, to win in, in a professional manner. So, um, but yeah, it's an interesting topic of debate, isn't it? Um, now, Chris, we can look ahead to the semi-final because last week we were arming and ahhing and didn't want to get too excited. Now, it's looking likely that we're going to face Real Madrid. Now, I said last week on the pod that I massively underestimated them. And I think a, a Real Madrid with a, you know, a fully fit Ramos, Varane and potentially even a fully fit Eden Hazard as well is quite terrifying, if you ask me, even though they haven't actually been that that good this season. What, what do you think about facing Real Madrid? Are you looking forward to it? If we face them, let's say. Um, yeah, I mean, I, w- I wouldn't say I'm terrified, but I mean, they they have been on really good form um, recently, especially. And I think uh, that's what we sort of talked about last time with, with the way they kind of deconstructed Liverpool. Um, I don't think they've lost since like January and uh, they're only sort of getting better. I mean, the, the way they beat Liverpool, they've just won... A classico as well. It just doesn't feel like a great time to to play them. But um, as we've said before, you have to beat the best teams to win the Champions League, and and mm. that is that is what you're rewarded for at the end of the day. Um, so you do have to come through these ties. And uh, I I don't know about you guys, but I'm quite looking forward to it because we've we've never played them. I don't think. Um, <laughs> or mm. since I can remember in the Champions League. So it would be nice uh, nice to finally witness that. But um, obviously just a shame there can't be any fans. Honestly, Chris, you took the words right out of my mouth because I was about to say, Charlie, Eden Hazard, a poten- potentially Eden Hazard returning to an empty Stamford Bridge. I don't know how it makes you feel, but it just it doesn't sit right with me that he's going to be returning for the first time. Like Chris said, we've never drawn Real Madrid in a European competition. To do it now, when there's no fans going to be at Stamford Bridge waiting for his arrival, is gutting, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, I'm more worried that I won't get to go to the Bernabeu rather than Eden Hazard walking out. But um, I mean, yeah, uh, I don't, I, I don't want to think about that. No, He'll probably I mean, be injured not, anyway, to be honest. Yeah, I mean, no, no, look, I mean, he he, he would obviously get a huge reception. Um, I felt I felt bad for Ivanovic uh, the other weekend. Mm. Um, I, you know that that would no doubt have been a really big reception as well. It's a massive shame. Um, would have loved to have seen Real Madrid not only at the Bernabeu but Real Madrid coming to Stamford Bridge. That is that is massive as well. I mean, we've only I think we've only played them in on kind of neutral grounds in, in mm. the Super Cup and the Cup Winners Cup uh, about fifty years ago. But um, 
no, it's it, it's such a shame that fans won't be there. I mean, I don't know, obviously, if it's even going to be at Stamford Bridge. I, I, I don't know if that's mm. been decided yet. But, I mean, it was bizarre playing like a home leg in Seville after playing an away leg in Seville. So, I'm not sure. I'm not sure yeah. what's going to happen. But, no, it's... it's it, I mean, that is the one shame about all of this is that, you know, mm. it's not the same as 2012 or any of the other years where we got to the Champions League semi-finals where we were sort of planning trips or... or you know, the watching it on television with all the colour and all the atmosphere from a full ground, and exactly. so that, that that's the one that's the one kind of bitter pill to swallow. But um, just got to get on with it, me. We have, and listen, whoever we face, I'd I'd back Chelsea. You know, under Thomas Tuchel and the way we play at the moment, um, I'd back us in the Champions League semi final. And I don't think either of those sides would want to play Chelsea home or away, whether it be at neutral or 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 at our own grounds. But listen, whoever will find out who we get, and I'm very excited to be back in like the big time. It feels like we're back where we belong, like amongst the elite of you know European football. The, this is the best competition, and it feels good to be in a semi-final. Now, talking of semi-finals, because we've also got another semi-final coming up this weekend. There's no Premier League action for us, Chris. We've got Manchester City, who are going for the quadruple. Now... I love the FA Cup. I've got, obviously, personal connections to the FA Cup. It's always been a massive trophy that I've always wanted to win. But for you, I wonder how how you feel about the FA Cup. Is it that massive trophy that it was all those years ago that every club wanted to win? Or does it have a slightly less... Is it slightly less meaningful now? Um, I think it's, it's just as meaningful, uh, especially for a club like Chelsea, and, and in a season where it's one of our most... I mean... Earlier in the season, we would have said it's our most realistic, but um, it's it's Man City are just as formidable as Real Madrid, obviously. So it's sort of become our kind of equally most realistic piece of silverware now that we're in the semi-finals of the Champions League as well. But um, yeah, I think like it's such a good chance. Um, obviously, Man City are, are the best team in England at the moment, but in a one-off game, like you just never know what can happen. And, and Tuchel hasn't um, hasn't played City yet as Chelsea manager, so. You don't know whether he and judging by his the way he prepares for other games so meticulously, he will have done his homework and will be absolutely relishing it. And you just feel like we do have um, a good chance. It's not it's not like a, a foregone conclusion that City will will send us packing. So um, mm. yeah, I mean, and in terms of importance, I think for us it will feel more important than it will for them to be honest, because it that their priorities will lie elsewhere uh, in that mm. quadruple if if there's. Uh, maybe more like expendable things. It will be the FA Cup and the League Cup, but um, mm. I don't think that will will mean they put any less of a strong team out. But obviously, they they have a day less rest than us, so hopefully mm-hmm. we can kind of benefit from that. But in a one one off game uh, in a straight shootout, I don't see why we can't can't cause a, a little upset. Yeah, and obviously when you look at last season, Arsenal did the same thing to Man City. I mean, you wouldn't have expected them to have beaten them in a one-off game, and they did. Um, Charlie, how big is this game for Chelsea in terms of you know the context of Chelsea's season, potentially getting to a final in, in Thomas Tuchel's first twenty games in charge? Yeah, I mean it, it is huge. I mean that we, we're not like other clubs in this respect. We, we always need to be fighting for trophies. I mean it, it's kind of almost forgotten a little bit, the Lampard got to the final last season. It was a real shame he didn't win that. I think, you know, mm. I'm not saying it would have, you know, uh, give him any greater chance of not being yeah. sacked. But um, 
we are almost unique in the fact that we do fight on every front every season. And certainly, you know, we're not one of these teams that fills the League Cup team with a bunch of kids just to go out as soon as possible. If we're in the Europa League, we try and win it. The same is obviously true of the FA Cup. Some of my greatest memories of watching Chelsea are in the FA Cup. Um, so I think it, it will have been impressed on Tuchel that, that we're, we're playing to win this game. I think we've got a good chance. You know, Man City do have their eyes on other things, as do we. But, you know, they obviously need to, need to wrap up the league as well. Um, they've shown they can be got at with the Leeds result. And uh, and yeah, look, I I think this is as good a chance as any. It's still our best chance of silverware, obviously. So mm. um, it, it it it's it's a really important game, you know. And if I've, I've said before, you you can't predict what's going to happen in the Champions League. Of course, you know, we we've put ourselves in the best position possible. But if Tuchel ends this season with top four and the FA Cup, and you know, if we go out of the semi-finals or we lose the final of the Champions League, then then, then so be it. But that's a that's a huge boost to his um, Chelsea CV, if you like. And you know, Trish, you mentioned it there in a one-off game. You know, Man City are beatable. You know, we'd back Chelsea in a one-off game. Now, when I look back to City's last result against Leeds in the Premier League, Leeds had two chances. I think two shots, scored two goals. Were clinical. Got to be fair to say they were clinical. How do you expect Chelsea to approach this game? Do you expect them to approach it in the way that Leeds did, where they sit back, soak up the pressure and try and hit him on the counter like Leeds did? Or do you expect Thomas Tuchel to take the game to them? Um, I think it'll be more the, the former, yeah. I think um, he'll know that City will probably come at us for minute one and it will just be a matter of being patient. But um, uh, I think we've got the players to, to, pick, to pick City off and we finally sort of showed last weekend that we can score more than two goals, <laughs> which helps. <laughs> um, so hopefully if we found our goal scoring touch uh, at a good time, um, we can actually sort of do some damage in those moments that we do have, because we will create chances. I don't think there's any doubt about that. Um, and if we can be as clinical as Leeds were, yeah, then again, we've got every opportunity. And I think what's also important to mention is that really, if we get past this tie, um, facing either like Southampton or Leicester, we, we're in a, I mean, I won't go as far to say it's like, this is the final, but because obviously Leicester are yeah. an, ex, an excellent, excellent season, but um, they are sort of going off the boil at the crucial moment as they have done, uh, as they did do last season. So it is mm. a good time to, to face them as well. They'll, they will equally be distracted by other things. Um, but yeah, it will, it will have to be a, a typical sort of pragmatic, uh, tactical approach, I imagine. But um, if we're patient and if we're clinical, I think we've got every opportunity. Uh, definitely. We haven't actually spoken about the Crystal Palace game. Um, now, Christian Pulisic scored two again yesterday. I thought he was really impressive against Porto. I think he was fouled 11 times, which is the most in the Champions League game since 2011. And that was obviously Lionel Messi. 11 times in one game, he got battered by Porto yesterday, Charlie. Um, but is this the Christian Pulisic in the Crystal Palace game, in the Porto? He's starting to look like his old self again, isn't he? Yeah, I think he's pretty unique in our squad, really. I think he needs to be playing all the time. I think, you know, if he's fit and in form, he's one of the first names on the team sheet. Um, I've I, I said this before, like, he, he's so hungry for goals, um, mm. which which I think, you know, you could talk all day about Werner and how good he's been or, or otherwise. But one thing he, one thing Pulisic do that we really haven't seen from Werner is, is chasing up those rebounds and chasing down those crosses and really just doing all he can to put the ball in the back of the net. 
Um, mm. He scored, you know, obviously it was a terrible result against West Brom, but that following up that rebound and, and you know, with a, with a good finish, that's something we haven't seen from any other player in the squad, uh, attacking-wise anyway. Um, yeah. And... Uh, he, he he did the same against Palace. He was brilliant last night in terms of his running and his directness. And I, I think when he's on form, he makes the whole team play with a little bit more purpose. Um, and I've really found that in um, in the Palace game particularly. I feel like sometimes we've had all the ball and we struggle to beat, you know, a bank of five and a bank of four. Um because some of our passing has maybe been a bit ponderous and we, 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 we've got a lot of the ball, but maybe we're not trying to do quite enough with it. And I feel when Pulisic is on form, it makes the whole team kind of geared towards playing a little bit more vertically, a little bit more direct. And, um, and yeah, like he, he's, he's such an asset and he's so young as well. I mean, if you look at the, that, that front three that is playing very well at the minute, they're all so young and it's just so good for the future. Uh, and one of those players you talk about, Charlie, in that front three is Kai Havertz, who again mm. started as a false nine um, yesterday, Chris, against Porto. But that performance against Crystal Palace was a real like welcome to the Premier League. That's what I felt like. And I know it's taken him a while, but that performance was one which I looked at and thought, wow, this is like, you know, it was brilliant from him. He should have scored more than he did. I think he openly admitted that in his um in his post-match interview. But that was everything you want from someone in that position, wasn't it? And if that goal had gone in when he flicked it over the defender, I don't know what I'd have done. <laughs> yeah. Um, I was fortunate enough to be there, actually. And it was, uh, yeah, as an individual performance, it was it was really like something else. I mean, he's done it in flashes so far, mm. but um, not in the Premier League like that. So that was really encouraging to see. Um, I think we still need to be patient with him being realistic. I think maybe sort of next season we will see really what he's capable of because I think for such a young player it will take a long time to adapt but I think yeah exactly he could have scored like a hat trick or, or four mm. um and his yeah the, those sort of those are the bits of flair that he's he's seems sort of afraid to to pull off before before the weekend I think um if you sort of watch him at, at Bayer Leverkusen he he was always full of tricks um but he seemed a bit at Chelsea he seemed a bit kind of um reluctant just in case he makes a mistake or anything which is perfectly understandable but I think once he's gotten into the rhythm of the league he'll feel he'll feel more comfortable doing that um Palace weren't great I, I won't I won't um yeah uh, hmm. yeah put icing sugar on that but um yeah I mean he he made the best of that situation and and he looks like he can be really dangerous as that false nine which I think gives us a, a good option because we're, we're lacking a sort of form striker at the moment Chris, you're completely right. Charlie, what does this mean? You know, if, if Havert, Kai Havertz's best position is a false nine and he's playing there, he's playing well, he's started the last couple of games there. What does this mean for Olivier Giroud? But more, more, I think, what does this mean for Tammy Abraham, who is a young striker coming through, Chelsea's highest goal scorer uh, for the last two seasons? What does, it, what does this mean for Tammy Abraham? I think we've spoke, we've touched on it in the past and every time fans have asked us questions, um, we, it, they've always been related to Tammy Abraham. And if, if Kai Havertz, who's I think younger than Tammy, is nailing down this striker spot, what does that mean for him? Uh, well, I mean, I, I don't think it's so much Kai Havertz, but it's, I mean, Tuchel's just clearly not having him, is he? Mm. And he said, he said as much in his press conferences. Um, it, it's a real bugbear of mine, this. I... I don't think Tammy Abraham's a perfect striker, but mm. he's 22. Like mm. you, you look at you look at what some other of our great strikers 
were doing when they were 22 or any other mm. Premier League great that you can mention. Yeah. And it's certainly not what Tammy Abraham's done so far. I feel like in the game, like Palace, we Palace was the first time, as we noted, that we'd scored more than one or two goals. So yeah. and I, f- I feel like in some of the other games against those teams that really do defend deep, I feel like he does hold the ball up well and he does create chances. And more importantly, he scores goals in the Premier League and he's proved that. Like he's proved mm-hmm. that over the last 18 months, two years. Um, and I feel like he could, he could have been of help um, in some of those games. And I, 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 I feel that between now and the end of the season, that you know when we're struggling, mm-hmm. um, he would be an asset. I, unfortunately, it seems, it seems like viewpoints like that are obviously, are obviously completely irrelevant because uh, Tuchel is clearly not a fan. Um, I know there's mm-hmm. like a contract situation behind the scenes. I can't imagine that that would prohibit him playing. Um, I always felt like that injury was a bit convenient uh, and now mm. now he is on the bench um, and you know he's not injured anymore um, we saw G- uh, Giroud come on in the mm. 90th minute or whatever rather than Abraham I think he's on the bench purely to make up the numbers and yeah I think, I think you can understand shame. I think you can understand Olivier Giroud coming on in the circumstances yesterday can you not yeah you just need someone yeah, that's, yeah. that's going to be good at holding up the ball of, of course, no. but what, I mean, what it does indicate yeah. is that is that Tammy is very clearly, third, you know, third or fourth on the pecking yeah. order. Um, I, I still, I still think that in the Premier League, it's a bit old-fashioned this, but like, you know, you, we've got a hundred and fifty odd years of football that tells us that playing a striker isn't the worst idea in the world. I, you know, <laughs> I can, I, I can see it. I can see it in certain situations. I can see it in games like last night when you need to keep the ball. But I think, you know. Against against teams that want to defend the whole time, and against against your bread and butter Premier League teams, um, I still believe that playing a striker is the way forward. Um, you know, <laughs> obviously Tuchel knows a lot better than I do. I would I would prefer to see Tammy Abraham, even like uh, uh, Giroud or even Timo Werner in a kind of number nine role than a false nine. Um, mm. That's just my personal preference in those kind of bread and butter West Brom, Crystal Palace, Burnley. Southampton mm. games, which is the majority of games Chelsea play. Um, yeah. I, I, I think Abraham could be a huge asset. I think it would be a, you know, he gets judged very harshly because he's a striker. I think you know, it if he was when he was playing, I don't think there was anything that you could say. Well, Reese James has been much better than Tammy Abraham, or you know, or, or, or Ben Chilwell has been much better than Tammy Abraham. Mm. Um, you know, he he went through very good spells at the early stages of this season, went through very good spells last season. Of course, he went through yeah. barren spells as well, but he's a young striker um, and any number yeah. of Premier League strikers, if you look what they were doing at 22, it was third division or on loan somewhere. Yeah. Right? I, I think I think we need to be back in him more as a club. Um, I think it's a real shame. He's still the, he's still the club's top scorer. Um, I know yeah. Tuchel didn't really count that, but he's still the club's top scorer, even though he hasn't played since January. Um and I, I, I think it's a, I think it's one of the real shames of this season, actually. Yeah, I, I still think Tammy Abraham's got a lot to offer um, this football club, but it's just difficult, isn't it, when when a manager just doesn't really, obviously, he's coming out and saying he's going to play a big part at the end of the season, but you know, actions speak louder than words, and when he does just leave him on the bench, it's obviously difficult to then be like, oh well, doesn't look that way. But listen, we've we've got obviously a big semi final coming up, 
Tammy Abraham's probably not going to start against Manchester City. Let's let's be honest. Chris, would you just stick with this team? I know we didn't score yesterday when we probably should have against Porto, but this attack that's in good form, you know, Mateo Kovacic now out injured. Would you stick with the same team that's played the last couple of games against this Manchester City side? Or if we're playing on the counter, do you think someone like Timo Werner coming in with pace that could potentially upset that City back line? What do you reckon? Yeah, I kind of expect Werner to come back in having because he hasn't played um, the last two games, but it's very hard to predict what, what Tuchel will do to yeah. us. But um, all round, I, I know the pressure was sort of off us, but it wasn't like a, an amazing performance in midweek, so maybe he'll mm. address that. Um, but yeah, I think um, Werner will come back in. and I imagine Christensen will come back in for Thiago Silva as well at the back. Um but um, I think he'll persist with Havertz, and I think Pulisic has done enough to 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 earn a start. Um, yeah. He does have to think about uh, the midweek game because we're playing Brighton on Tuesday, I think, which isn't long after. So obviously mm. that that whole sort of balancing act of of where his priorities lie come back into it. Um, so because that's obviously a must win as we kind of continue this slog for for top four. Um, so yeah, it'll be minimal changes, but. Um, it will have to be as strong as possible team, I think, because he'll know deep down that that's our best chance for silverware as well. Um, you mentioned Thiago Silva there. Obviously, he pulled a 10 out of 10 in the next game he starts. And I was like, Chelsea tweeted it yesterday and I was like, it's a week and a half too late for Thiago Silva to be pulling 10 <laughs> out of 10 performances and not making me look like a mug. But <laughs> listen, that's all we've got time for on today's pod. Thank you so much for listening. If you could drop us a review, it would be very much appreciated. Charlie, Chris, it's been a pleasure. So please subscribe if you haven't already and if you've enjoyed what you heard. And we'll see you all next week to hopefully review that Man City game, which, which would mean we'd be in an FA Cup final. We'll see you next time on wherever you may be. 